Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Maura Z and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, April 10th, 2019. And today we're reading from the big book. We're in the chapter, There is a Solution. We're on page 19 and we are at the second paragraph that starts, If We Keep on the Way. Today's readers are 12 Steps, Lois G., 12 Traditions, Lori E., and readers of the text, Hoodie R., Leon B., and Monica T. Our newcomer greeter, Amy K., and the second hour host is Sandy W. Reference numbers for yesterday. Yesterday's 7 a.m. share ID, 12,759. That's 12759. And yesterday's 10 a.m. share ID, 12,761-12761. Always preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Lois G., would you please read OA's 12 Steps? Yes, thank you. This is Lois G. in Michigan, compulsive overeater, recovered. Twelve steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me serve. Thank you, Lois G. Lori E., would you please read the 12 traditions of OA? 
Yes, Maura, thanks for your service this morning. Um, I am Lori E., a compulsive, uh, I'm recovered compulsive overeater in Iowa. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles over personalities. Thank you for letting me serve this morning. Thank you, Lori. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Please time yourself, but I will also be timing. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, There is a Solution. We're on page 19, and we will be reading the second paragraph that begins, if we keep on the way we are going, and our comments will be focused on that one paragraph. And I will now ask our reader from Israel, Ms. Hoodie R., to get us started. Good morning, Hoodie. Good morning, Maura. This is Hoodie R., a recovered compulsive overeater. If we keep on the way we are going, there is little doubt that much good will result but the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched. Those of us who live in large cities are overcome by the reflection that close by hundreds are dropping into oblivion every day. Many could recover if they had the opportunity we have enjoyed. How then shall we pres present that which has been so freely given us? 
and um, it's amazing how I get to share on this on this paragraph. You know, if I keep on the way that I'm going, you know, nothing, no good will definitely no good result, and I'm just going to find myself going downhill in, and going back, picking up that first compulsive over that that first, first compulsive bite. Um, you know, I had to, I had to do I had to take some action um, to change and and um and I, yes i am powerless over food i'm powerless over changing the way um i conduct my life but today i had to take action to do something different what was i going to do differently and that was to continue seeking out another compulsive overeater um, carrying this message and sharing what was so freely given to me you know i had the opportunity um, and to to go across across the country to a place where I was able to receive recovery um, freely given to me. Some people I, I I stayed in someone's house and she took me to to meetings, took share with me about this program of recovery. You know how could I not give away what was so precious, what was so given to me? How could I not go and and seek out? People, there are people around me that are dying, like men. There are um, in a sunken, sunken ship. I, I have that opportunity now, being recovered, being that I have received the solution that so many of us get to on this line, on this phone line. You know, we have recordings, we have um, meetings, recordings, special editions that just teach us about. Uh, what what I what the pro- what the problem is, what the solution is, and what actions I can take to change and do something differently, so that I don't have to live the way I was living. Because if I continue living that way, self-centered to the extreme, I'm just gonna fall back into the bedevilments, as it says on page 52. You know, we had trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't defy our emotional um, um, emotional. Um, Anyway, um, and um, I'm just so grateful today that I am recovered. I am working the steps in my life, in, in all my affairs, practicing these principles. Like my life depends on it because it surely does. And I'm forced to live this way because if I don't, I'm going to be back in that barrel. I'm going to be back in those, you know, bakery boxes and cellophane bags, as people, as someone on the line always says. And I don't have to live that way anymore. There is hope. So if you're new out there, you know, me as a recovered compulsive overeater, I get to seek out, make phone calls, carry this message, and be on fire with this with this solution because it saved me. And um, I want to be able to help, be useful and helpful to others. And thank you for letting me share. With that, I pass. Thank you, Heidi R. Okay, if you have not shared in the last day or two and you would like to lend your voice on this particular paragraph, would you give me your first name and first initial of your last name? And if you hear me, you're good to go. Julie R. Lisa B. Lisa B. I hear Magdalena. Sandy S. Gail M. Gail M. One more. Liz, Barbara, Liz, Liz T. Is that a Liz? Liz T. Liz T. <clears throat> okay, this is who I have. Julie R., Lisa B., Magdalena, 
I think it's W, Sandy S, Gail M, and Liz T. If you're not Julie R, would you please press star one and mute your phone? Good morning, Jules. Hi, Maura. Good morning, Julie R, recovered compulsive overeater in Rochester. Um, so I'm only going to focus on one small sentence about the opportunities I think that we have. You know, I can tell you the opportunities that I never knew I had. I was over 300 pounds. I'm 5'2". I couldn't fit in airplane seats. My life was unmanageable on so many levels. I was a manipulator. I was a liar. I was deceitful. I was an angry, morbidly obese woman. So what are the opportunities that we receive from living a spiritual life by first putting the food down, by then going through the steps and getting having those promises come true? So where am I today? Yeah, I can, I'm a normal body weight. I can fit in an airplane. All these flights that I've done this week, I don't have the fear of overhanging on somebody's seat. I don't have to be angry at people. Even, you know, when I am at a normal body weight, my life today is not unmanageable. I am free, the neutrality with the food. Um, I have many fridges that are stocked with everything. I put my food in there. I brought my entire foods for four days. That's five meals a day. That's what I do. You know, and it's because I, first of all, I've got to have God in my life, but I have to be abstinent. So the freedoms, you know, what, what, what freedoms do I have today? I can't even count the freedoms. And it all starts with putting the food down and finding a God. But I have rich fellowship now. I mean, I have people on this line that I can go to at any given time when I need a 10-step or if they need a 10-step. Um, I have a family that loves me today because I am happy, joyous, and free. Of course, not every day, but I don't have to act out in the ways that I did. And it's because of living a spiritual life. It's by being of service to those on the line. It's being of service to my family, to the companies that I'm auditing this week, to be of service, to go in with the, uh, let me help you, not what can I find wrong. That's all is a result of me putting a food in a cup and then doing the action. And the action is finding a creator, listening to that creator, and, um, you know, just being me. So, and I couldn't have done that with, um, without these steps, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Julie Orr. And I have Lisa B. next, followed by Magdalena. Good morning. Thank you so much, Maura, for your service. My name is Lisa B., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. I love, well, love-hate, the word oblivion, and the definition of that the state of being unaware or unconscious. Um, it also could mean the state of being completely forgotten, being in a state of slumber or trance. And I think of the line in the chapter, working with others, many are doomed who never realize their predicament. And that was me. I had no idea the predicament that I was in. I did not have a body that looked like a compulsive overeater. I was in a normal-sized body. I suffered from the spiritual malady and the mental obsession. I used compulsive exercising and restriction. I also was recovering from open-heart surgery when someone told me about this 
meeting a vision for you. So I was underweight. So the illness of restriction was really um, being emphasized for me because I was underweight. And for me, being underweight is always the step towards a binge. I wanted to be underweight so I could always have wiggle room to binge. But what happened to me when I was told about this meeting is I could feel my higher power speaking to me and saying, Lisa, if you don't get into this meeting and get recovered, you're going to go into a place with this food addiction that you've never gone into. You'll experience the depths of despair that you've never felt. And I went to treatment many, many years ago, decades ago, and I learned about this illness. And I really believe that there is an 800-pound person inside of me. Well, I jumped into this meeting and I introduced myself as a newcomer. And I was one of those people. I was doomed who never realized my predicament. And when it talks about the surface, well, that means that the surface of the issue would hardly be scratched if I'm just eliminating the drinking, if I'm just eliminating the food. I must have that spiritual awakening. I needed to see what is a real compulsive overeater. Am I just a hard eater or am I a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety? And I need the desper- with the desperation the change through the steps that treats my spirit and my mind. And that's what I I, um, experienced. And the other thing is, you know, the opposite of oblivion is awake, conscious. So today it's that consciousness of my higher power that is the most important thing. It's that connection with my higher power. And then when I think about the change that's taken place over me, it's through doing the steps. I don't have to make it all happen. I don't have to figure out what my character defects are and how they're going to be removed. It's through doing all the 12 steps. They will become clear to me through doing my inventories and living in those recovery and those growth steps of 10, 11, and 12. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. Magdalena W., I believe it is, and then Sandy S. Uh, Thank you, Magdalena W., uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Restrictor from the UK. Thank you for letting me share. Um, When I read this paragraph, um, I I see step 12 today, and I I look at it, and it says at the beginning, there's little doubt that much good will result. And for me, that much good is having neutrality around food today as a result of coming out of the oblivion, which is as a result of others presenting something to me freely, freely given. So that they're the last two lines. How then shall we present that which has been freely given to us to help others who are in this oblivion? And my understanding is to... Um, but the way I do that, according to step 12, is to be attractive in my recovery. I can't promote necessarily to people who aren't ready. But what I can do is what my sponsor showed me how to do when she showed me how she recovered and described to me what I, I needed to do to recover. And, and she gave me her time freely. And we worked through the book. I worked the steps. <clears throat> And now I work with others. As as has been said, I'm doing those growth steps every day. Um, there are people on the line freely giving time for me to discuss a step 10 and, and vice versa. Um, I'm doing my step 11 prayer and meditation because that's what gave a solution to the person that rescued me from oblivion. 
And because of that, I've had a spiritual awakening, which has brought this neutrality that I've never had in all my years of eating and controlling neutrality around food. So when I eat, I just get full and then I, I eat again at the next meal. It's quite incredible. It's so incredible. It's almost become normal. So I need to remember that and say that on the line here. And um, and that part of step 12 where it says practicing these principles in all of our affairs, that's the attractive bit. I've uncovered the principles of living by working the steps. I've uncovered my flawed thinking. And so I get to practice those principles. And that makes me attractive to somebody who is in that oblivion, who might just raise their eyes and see others here who have been helped who are ready to freely give that help. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. You guys are cutting me off here and making me go crazy with these buttons on the phone, keeping time on the clock. Sandy S., it's your turn. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Uh, this is Sandy S. in Asheville, recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God. If we keep on going, there is little doubt that much good will result. You know, I feel like I'm just a living example of that, and it is all by the grace of God. There is no doubt in my mind. I can say with complete assurance that every day that passes, I feel happier. Every single day, even if it's a lousy day, I feel happier. And I haven't had a lousy day in quite a while. And all I have to do is keep on going the way I've been going. You know, and my goal each morning is to see how I can, you know, use this program, use the 12 steps in a way that is really authentic to me. I really believe this is not a one-size-fits-all program. I believe that I am unique as a compulsive overeater, I have much in common with all the others. But with my uniqueness, I really need God's help in figuring out every day, how am I going to work the steps? What I am living in 10, 11, and 12. How am I going to do it today? And just to really reach into my higher power, for me, I just want to share this. The biggest challenge that I'm facing right now is my over-dependence on others. When I started out in OA, and I've been absent for a very long time, and uh, what I needed to do at the beginning, I don't do now. I needed to be, at the beginning, I needed to be on the phone constantly. And, um, and, and just this week, I am lessening my phone time. And that might not be for other people. That might not be for most other compulsive overeaters who were isolators. I wasn't. I was into feeling, believing, forget feelings, that there was no higher power inside of me, that I needed another person to be my savior. And it's really very difficult for me to really reach within for that higher power. I will tell you the result, though. The result is I am feeling an inner peace I have never felt before in my life. And I have this absolute trust that it's going to keep growing if every day I say, God, you show me how to work the steps, not another person. You, God, show me. And I do check it out with another person. 
I don't need another person to be my higher power, and that is very difficult for me to let go of. But one day at a time, I could do it with God's help. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sandy. Gail M., it is your turn, followed by Liz T. Good morning. This is Gail M. Thank you so much for your service. Okay, so if we keep on the way we are going, no good comes from it. The surface is hardly scotched. For me, um, you know, I just couldn't do it on my own. The solution for me was an OA. The steps one, two, and three started the journey for me. Prior, I was a prisoner to food. And um, it's just interesting how God works in my life and the tools. It's just like a, a roadmap to life. And my journal each day with my writing and my gratitude list and calling my sponsor, these meetings, uh, so much, so much of the tools just helps me get through life no matter what. I just cannot pick up the food. It was not the answer for me. Thank you so much. I'll pass. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Gail M. Liz T., it's your turn, and then we'll open it up. Good morning. This is Liz T., I'm a recovering compulsive overeater in Minnesota. And um, I appreciate being on the line this morning. Um, recently uh, attended a retreat here in Minnesota, an OA retreat, and it was beautiful to be in person around my fellows. Um, both recovered fellows, recovering fellows, and people uh, still suffering, still in the food, looking for a solution. And I'm so grateful today because um, I, about three weeks ago or so, when I was on spring break, I um, relapsed. And um, the part about the oblivion as I was reading this today is I often thought of it, or still think of it, as dropping back into the food, right? But what does that mean? What happened before the relapse? You know, it's that uh, dropping into the oblivion of my character defects, um, being blocked from the sunlight of the spirit, um, not picking up that 500-pound phone. It, it, it suddenly became very heavy to call up uh, fellows and, and do 10 steps. Um, what else does the oblivion look like? It's forgetting that I am running on um, self-will run riot, uh, depending on human aid. Um, when I'm blocked from my higher power, it's harder to have that consciousness with with him. And so I remember when I first went through the steps, learning that um, I'm blocked by the food. For one thing, I can't worship two masters, right? If I'm still on the food, I can't have the clear head to go through with the rest of the steps. So we learned that in the doctor's opinion. But after being, you know, what I thought was recovered for over a year, I realized that my character build up, character defects were building up. And um, so I'm at this new level of surrender. I'm back um, abstinent about 10 days now, um, back into the big book with the sponsor. We're in there as a solution. And I literally just read this part of the book as part of my assignment. So I just found that it was um, kind of serendipitous that, uh, that I just happened to be on this <laughs> with my sponsor reading through this as well. And um, she had me get a new big book, a clean big book, and highlight what's popping out at me after this relapse. And it's amazing um, the new 
fresh look I have that um, I'm setting aside everything I think I know, ready for a new experience and trusting my higher power. I've had an experience of, of leaning into my higher power, and I, I know he's there. I know he's not going to drop me on my head now. And I'm just so grateful I have that to build upon and and that there is a solution and that I've been exposed to this. And there are a lot of people out there that haven't been exposed to this yet. And so we are lucky and gifted and blessed. And um, I'm happy to be here today to learn about how to learn with my uh, living. Gentle reminder. Um, learn to live with my living problem and my thinking problem, not just my food problem. With that, I'll pass. Thanks so much for your service, Maura. Thanks, Liz T. Okay, so as a reminder, we are in the chapter, There is a Solution. We are on page 19. We are at the second paragraph. That begins if we keep, go, if we keep on the way we are going and concentrating on just that one paragraph. And if you haven't shared in the last day or two and you would like to, please give me your first name and the initial of your last name. Russ Anne Marie. Barbara. Anne Marie. Barbara, I got you. Thank you. Something with a K? Fran M. Fran M. And then with someone, Rowena K. Thank you. Barbara P. Barbara P. Okay, we'll stop there. I hope I got this all right. Russ M. Anne-Marie, you'll give us your last initial. Barbara E., Fran M., Rowena K., and Barbara P. If you're not Russ M., would you please start one to mute your phone? Good morning, brother. Good morning, Mark. Russ M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, when I read this paragraph, know what, know what comes after me? That I owe. See, my life is getting put back together because of this program. Know why? Because someone reached out their hand to me when I was drowning, when I was dying, and they didn't know me from anyone. And uh, because of that, I owe. I owe to take the phone calls and make calls and to work people through the steps. That's, that's all I got. Uh, I, I, I owe. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay, thanks, Russ M. And Marie M. It's your turn, followed by Barbara E. Mara, did you call on Anne-Marie? I did. Are you her? Okay. I am her, and my last initial is M. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Um, thank you so much. I am a compulsive overeater in uh, Merrill Beach, South Carolina, and uh, I appreciate the um, honesty I've heard and the vulnerability um, on the line this morning, so I am very, very grateful for that. I um, the first sentence, as you know, so many of us have uh, focused on. Um, I need to change that a little bit. If I keep going the way that I have been going, there is little doubt. Uh, maybe there's no doubt <laughs> that much will be um, much will res- good result, um, but the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched. Um, oops. I read something this morning. I'm going to uh, paraphrase what I read. Um, You know, it says, um, uh, blessed are those who trust in God um, with their hope and confidence. 
and I realized my hope and confidence was not in God. Um, it was in me, in controlling um, my food. I, too, um, have uh, relapsed. Um, I have been with this uh, with with the vision, I've been in in OA since uh, my first meeting was 1988, and so I know that many can relate. So I, I appreciate that too, and I appreciate uh, others' honesty. Um, and um, you know, it's been the last 12 years, I think 10, maybe 10, 10 to 12 years that I've really studied this book, and have learned so much, uh, so many difficult, hard lessons. And this jumped out to me today, and finally, finally, I realized that I need to put my trust, hope, and confidence in God, and not in my appearance, not in what I look like, my weight, um, not in uh, figuring out what to eat, how much protein to get after my workout so that I can get muscle, um, <laughs> I've put a lot of confidence in that and hope that once I get to achieve my uh, physical appearance, then I will have serenity, peace and serenity. And boy, have I been misled and uh, have been walking down the, ro uh, the wrong road. Um, so I am so grateful um, to be here this morning and grateful to hear all that I've heard and looking forward to hearing even more. Um, but I need to change. And um, I have totally been defeated against this disease. And grateful Gentle for that. Reminder. Grateful for the defeat. So um, I will pass with that. Thank you so much, Maura. Thanks, Anne-Marie M. Barbara E., it's your turn, followed by Fran M. Thank you, Maura. Grateful for your service. My experience with my addiction is that it was related to a disconnect within me, like faulty wiring. I didn't become an addict on a certain date. It was a process that happened by degree, by an imperceptible degree, like that frog in the pot of boiling water. It wasn't the single cookie. It was a hundred cookies that follow. I didn't see the potential to bring me such pain. My eating felt like a shield until I realized it was a warhead aimed right at me. It took an almost superhuman strength, a power greater than mine to overcome my addiction because it took an almost superhuman strength to enable me to find the strength and willingness to look honestly at my past and ask how I might heal. Just needing to be clean didn't guarantee my success. Wanting to heal wasn't enough. I had to be so desperate that I'd be willing to try anything, roll up my sleeves and follow directions. My sponsor took my hand and said, I know the way out of the deep hole you've dug yourself into because I've been there too. There are steps and I'll guide you out of them. Of course I was willing. But I won't lie and say it was easy. The steps seemed extremely steep, and I'm oppositional and lazy by nature, so I balked and whined. But she was tough, and I was desperate and scared enough to reluctantly do everything she told me to do. And today, I can honestly tell you I'm so much happier now. I wake up in the morning looking forward to the new day. 
and what my higher power has in store for me. And I go to bed at night grateful for the lessons I've learned and the people who perhaps I've helped both in my family, in my community, and as a grateful member of the world in our way. This selfish, self-centered person learned that I'd get so much joy out of sharing this wonderful gift I've been given. To take another through the steps and experiencing their process, process of transformation, an honor and a privilege. It also means being helpful to others outside of our way, like my elderly, elderly neighbor, and being respectful and kind to the per- people who work so hard at their jobs, and volunteering at the Interfaith Soup Kitchen and making a monthly donation to our community food bank. I think it all comes down to love. My faulty wiring seems to have been corrected. No longer do I feel that warhead aimed at me. It may be corny, but I think I was reborn, and I think that I've been given a precious gift. So at face-to-face meetings, I say, I'm a grateful compulsive overeater, for without this program, I never would have found OA and the steps and transformation. Thank you. Have a beautiful day, friends. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Fran M., it's your turn, followed by Rowena K. Thank you. It's Fran M. in New Jersey. And... um, I think the first line that we read was, if we keep on the way we are going. Um, And it just made me think that um, when I first came into program, I was a binge starve eater, and I didn't know that anybody else did that. And it was just a revelation to find out that there were other people who had this problem and that it wasn't a weight problem, it was a mind and spiritual problem. And I was really grateful to find the solution. But for me, the big deal was being thin, being able to eat like a normal person, and not having to ever feel like I couldn't have anything. So I would say that when I first came in, I got a little bit of the program and the steps, but what I mostly got was a complete joy and freedom of being thin, of maintaining a normal weight, of not having to over-exercise to maintain it, and of being able to eat everything under the sun, take it or leave it. I had a food plan, I had a sponsor, I had meetings, so I knew what my boundaries were, but they weren't very severe, and I just got what I wanted. But over the years, it didn't prove enough. Um, there's more to the program. I always like to quote the line that, you know, we had to have a solution that had depth and meaning. And I realized that food just became the really my higher power. You know, I really loved all my food so much. And I feel like I still, to some extent, am in that state where the day is organized around what I'm going to eat. Um, Slowly but surely, I've started to do what people are sharing and give service. Um, You know, I just changed my attitude. Instead of being cranky and nasty and saying bad things about people, I catch myself and I don't do it. Um, But I still have a long ways to go. And I just want to say it's hard in terms of sharing the program um, because I don't feel like I'm completely recovered. Um, I don't know, you know 
whatever, but um, sometimes I see people who are fellow anorexics, and it frightens me, and I so much want to go up to them and ask them, like, don't you know how terrible you look? (laughs) But I know that I always want to, the only way to help someone is to first practice the program myself, and that until I can restore my weight and put food in its proper place, which is behind life, not in the forefront of it, you know, the best thing I can do is be an example, especially to my children. I can't tell them not to do X, Y, and Z when I'm still, you know, five or eight pounds underweight and still, you know, I may just eat one cookie at night, but my kids know that cookie is more reminder. than they are. So I know I have to practice the program, which is the best way to carry the message. Thanks, everybody, for sharing. Thanks for letting me share. Pass. Thanks, Fran M. Rowena K, followed by Barbara P. Hi, this is Rowena K from the United Kingdom. Um, grateful recovering post forever eater. Um, yeah, if we keep on going the way we're going, uh, much good will result. And to me, that means um, you know, if we keep doing what we're doing on this meeting, um, having meetings like this, outreaching uh, with newcomers, sponsorship service, step tens. Um, really good things will result, um, and and they do result. You know, there's lots of people getting recovered, um, but it says that it's only scratching the surface of, of the problem. Um, and in large cities, um, you know, many are overcome by sorry, people are dropping into oblivion. And I think he's well referring to modern day obesity crisis where. Um, you know, there's like, I looked it up and there's 800 people dying in the U.S. every day um, of like obesity or, you know, things relating to obesity like heart attacks and strokes. Um, and, you know, if if those people were given the opportunity to have what we have, um, they would recover. Um, and um, it asks, how, how do we, you know, how do we present this? And I guess... Um, you know, like it's been shared already, um, it's by, you know, being attractive to the outside world, um, you know, and and that way it's, you know, they, they may actually ask us and at least we would be in a position to help them if we're recovered, you know, because people are looking for answers and, you know, um, I mean, I just think of the number of opportunities I might have missed by not being abstinent, even though I'm in the room, you know, in the rooms. Um, it's quite sad really and um yeah i guess that's all i wanted to share thank you good morning this thank is barbara you rowena p. oh sorry hey <laughs> thank you rowena so k sorry. barbara p it's your turn sorry more i was unmuting this is barbara p in atlanta recovered compulsive overeater and um So, yeah, there's a couple of things that strike me this morning. Um, One is, if we kept going on this way, I think of that in two ways. One, certainly, if I kept eating, I mean, I was miserable and I was slowly dying. So if I kept going that way, absolutely nothing would have ever happened. But the other thing was, is once I began recovering, and even, even once I became recovered, if I didn't share it, And I feel like that's almost what they're talking about. Like, in other words, if they got recovered but stayed dry in a way, if if we kept going the way we were going, even in abstinence, there's little doubt that much good will result. 
um, some good would have happened, right? It would have been, I would have been maybe happier for a time, but the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched. That for me does apply to generally sharing it, but also even for me, because over time, if I don't connect with others, I get miserable again. I I do. And so maybe then I'm not dying of food, but I am dying of these emotions. It's it's crazy, my reactions. And eventually I'm back in the food. I feel like they're what they're saying is just back to this idea of sharing it because people are dropping around us. They need it, but I need it just as badly. I need to share this as freely. And that, that word strikes me this morning. How then shall we present that which has been so freely given us Sharing it freely is how I grow and enlarge my spiritual life. I didn't come with sort of a spiritual belief, so I've had to grow that, I, I don't know, maybe more than the average person, maybe not. But and, and while I pray and I meditate, I find the way to really grow and enlarge my spiritual life is through working with others. So while those things are important, that's how most of my growth has come. When people say, you know, when, when I sponsor and people are saying, oh, thank you for your time, I mean... And and I remember saying that and thinking, oh, I'm bothering people. You know, oh, they don't have time. They've been so generous. We're out here saving ourselves and growing together. And I look at that and I think that today, I know my sponsees help me more than I ever helped them. I, I know that to be true. And I truly find my higher power and my freedom, my happiness, my joy, my freedom in working with others. So anyway, I just, I feel like that's what they were suggesting. Try this and don't keep it to yourself because you're almost missing the real gift. And I had a sponsor long, long, a lot of years ago who used to say, Barb, you just keep like playing with the gift wrap and you never open the package. You really, you know, to me, opening the package means sharing it with others. It is amazing what happens. I had to go on trust and try it and get over my ego that I wouldn't be good enough to do it. But bottom line is, yeah, share it. Share it wherever you are in the program, and it is amazing how it comes back. So anyway, that's my my interpretation today. Thanks. Have a great day, everybody. I pass. Thank you, Barbara P. Okay. What time do we have? We have eight, maybe nine minutes to share. So let me take three people sharing. Who'd like to share? Star one. Am I being heard? Hi, my name is Shondell, and this is my first meeting. So I just want to say I'm out here. Shondell, did you want to share? Um, not today. I'm still listening. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Devorah, I hear you. Who would like to share? Jan S. Jan S. I'll take one more. Or not. Devorah S., would you please go ahead? Thank you, Maura, uh, for the service, and thank you, everyone on this line that makes this meeting possible. My name is Devorah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey, and I, too, you know, I'm struck by that first sentence. If we keep on the way we are going, there is little doubt that much good will result. But the surface of the problem could hardly be scratched. 
So, yeah, if I kept on the way that I was going prior to program, you know, already I was suffering from obesity, high blood pressure, diabetes. You know, every time I went to the doctor, it was, you know, you need to do something. And I just didn't know what to do. You know, I always got the speech. And um, I just, you know, was hopeless and dying and helpless. And I just didn't know which direction to go to. And then, you know, thank God someone did share her program with me. And I came into program and I started working a program, but it was not big book based. Um, and, you know, I did lose weight and I got a lot better. You know, I got a lot better. I got a lot better seeing what was wrong with you and what was wrong with everybody around me. Um, and um, I got a lot better of, you know, telling everybody that I know what's best. Um, I wasn't learning the principles of this program. And it got to a situation where I just couldn't go on like that anymore. You know, nothing good was coming out of me losing 150 pounds and I was still barking and angry at everybody um, until someone shared with me again this experience of opening up the big book and following the directions here. And, um, and that's what I did. And I'm so grateful because my life has turned around. Um, yeah, good. My food was down already. But, you know, the, the relationship that I am working on each day you know, in developing with my higher power, the connection that I'm building each day, you know, has brought me, um, you know, such peace. Um, and, um, and it's teaching me, you know, you know, to practice, you know, patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love with everyone around me. Um, because, you know, that was, those were new words for me, new words for me. And, you know, and it tells us, you know, this is what we have to do. You know, and it all comes down, you know, to how can I be of service to my fellows, how I can be. And then when I'm being of service to my fellows, I'm bringing up being of service to God. And that's what our that is what our 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 job is, you know, here in this program, you know, and this is what I learn here, you know. Um, and, you know, I'm so grateful. You know, I have another opportunity today to practice these principles. And it wasn't, you know, without someone, you know, carefully guiding me through this, through this, um, through this book and taking me through these steps where I have the opportunity to do it with other people. And that's, you know, that's, that's the other thing, no matter how busy, Gentle reminder. you know, like, thank you, Maura, how, no matter how busy, you know, life gets, that's my obligation to help another fellow, you know, get through these steps. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thanks, Devorah S. Jan S., it is your turn. Thank you, Maura, for your service today, and thank everybody on the line for your shares. Um, Jan, Jan S., I'm from St. Augustine, Florida. Grateful to be on the line today and have an opportunity to share. Um, I truly uh, am, I feel very, very blessed because this program just gives me as it says, you know, in the serenity prayer, the wisdom to know the difference today. And my life is just not the same in any area um, in terms of my spirituality, in terms of my um, internal peace, in terms of my willingness to continue to grow and be of service to people, whether that be in program and in my family and you know, wherever I am, practicing these principles in all my affairs. But I will say that I truly continue to, to need 
the uh, contact with bringing people through the steps, as outlined in the big book. And I hope that never changes because helping another human being continues to be um, <clears throat> be crucial to my service in program and also to my recovery. So when I'm in that little mid-place where, you know, someone has decided they don't want to work program at this point in their time life, you know, I'm like looking around, you know, asking my higher power to please provide me with another person that I can help because it is it is so much a part of my life today. You know, willingly, not, you know, expecting anything in return, but just giving away what I have been so graciously given in terms of recovery is and working these steps and how to live my life is the best I could ever have asked for. And to think when I came in, the only thing I wanted was to be thin, you know, and, you know, today that that's not the only, that's not the, the, the primary thing. It's It's my... It's my thinking. It's my. It's how I behave today. It is the principles that I choose to live my life by in every place I go. So I am grateful and I'm thankful, and I need connection with my higher power every morning, like I need air in my lungs to breathe. It is just the most important part of my life. So thank you very kindly, and I continue to share that process with the people that I that I meet and greet. So amen for that and thank you all. Thank you, Jan S. We have time for one more share, about two minute share. Who would like it? Jason K. Jason K, it's yours. Good morning. Morning, uh, Jason K recovered from Delta Vita and believing it from outside of Philadelphia. And um, this time, if we continued on as the way, if, if we continued on the way we were going, little good could result. And to me, that speaks of the disease, the bedevilment, me, restless, irritable, discontent, being triggered repeatedly by the allergy, the craving, wanting more and more and more. And as I look back at how my life was, you know, everything was just imploding on itself. I just felt like I couldn't go on like that and I wasn't being of much service to my family, my friends, um, the company I work for because I could just barely get by. I could just barely, you know, live my life um, because I was struggling every day with, you know, eating compulsively, um, getting rid of the food, you know, throwing it up, making a vow, trying again. And, and that's this hopeless condition of body and mind that I found myself in. But Thank God I don't have to live like that today, and thank God we have a solution. And again, this is the chapter we're in. Uh, there is a solution. And um, what else strikes me about this is, is Bill Wilson, he's, the more I read in the history, he's always preoccupied with saving all the drunks, you know, just kind of changing the world and helping, helping others. And he talks about, you know, this can't just be a passing thing. We have to be just more than the, the good Samaritan every once in a while. Um, and, and that's a challenge to me to take that on because sometimes, I, you know, I'm in bed, my phone's on silent, and someone calls and I say, no, I can't talk to that person, you know, but I don't, I don't think, are they struggling? Do they need something? Can I, you know, can I put myself out there? Um, can I really seek to be of service in this program? Um, because selfishness for me comes back in. So, so, in thinking about Bill and thinking about his legacy, um, 
um, I guess I'm just saying I'm trying to follow in his footsteps today and take some of that on. And uh, thank you for um, the opportunity to share. I thought. Thanks so much, Jason. Okay, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Today's share ID is, and I think somebody is on speaker and unmuted. Uh, today's share ID is 12,767. That's 12767. Someone is unmuted. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164. Leon B., would you please read that for us? Good morning, Leon B., recovered in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>